Sacrificed on the Altar of Racial Equity, Reflections from a Cancelled Professor. What Robert Pondicio learned from running for school board, and a medical journal's false consensus on gender-affirming care. Welcome to Fair News Weekly. To read all of the articles discussed in this podcast, please visit this podcast's episode description. Dear friends of FAIR, FAIR is thrilled to announce the newest addition to our Board of Advisors, Professor Robert P. George. Robert is an American legal scholar, political philosopher, and public intellectual who serves as the sixth McCormick Professor of Jurisprudence and director of the James Madison Program in American Ideals and Institutions at Princeton University. He embodies the ideals FAIR stands for, and we look forward to working with him as FAIR moves forward. Cultivate friends you disagree with, as well as those with whom you agree, because together, you'll locate the soft spot in your own thinking and find common ground to build on. Robert P. George Welcome, Robert, Warmly, Maud Marin, and the team at the Foundation Against Intolerance and Racism. For Fair Substack, Matthew Garrett wrote about his experience at Bakersfield College after the death of George Floyd. Garrett writes, What was racial equity? Nobody could really explain, so I questioned the new dogma in an opinion piece. Meanwhile, our faculty senate warned the administration that such a revolutionary change without faculty consultation encroached on faculty prerogatives enshrined in state law. The administration's racial equity proposal, with its pledge of faculty and staff diversification through an internship program exclusively recruiting underrepresented minorities, paired with race-based student services to meet racial equity targets, went back to the diversity committing for further vetting. Notwithstanding an unmistakable sense of urgency, it took the committee three months to settle on a slightly simpler draft of the proposal. When it finally reached the Senate floor, its chief advocates blamed me and other executive officers for the delay. Although I privately chuckled at the diversity committee's incompetence, I had nothing to do with it. One committee member told me that the real cause apparently centered on an internal conflict between two factions feuding over who should benefit from racial equity, African Americans or Hispanics. For Fair Substack, Fair Advisor Abigail Schreier wrote about why she's not waiting for the gender pendulum to swing back. Gender ideology, she says, is not a pendulum, and it will not swing back with a little help from inertia. Gender ideology is a fundamentalist religion, intolerant, demanding strict adherence to doctrine, hell-bent on gathering proselytes. I do not use the term religion metaphorically or lightly. Induction into this religion begins with a baptism, the selection of pronouns and often a new name, greeted with all the celebration and more of a conversion. It evangelizes aggressively through social media influencers who claim to know a teen's truest self better than her parents and to love that teen so much more than they ever could. Therapists, teachers, and school counselors play evangelist to numberless kids at American schools. For Education Next, FAIR advisor Robert Pondicio wrote about his experience in running for school board. Pondicio states, My opponents in the campaign for school board in Greenville, New York, a town of about 4,000 people a half hour's drive south of Albany, weren't the other two candidates. I ran against apathy and complacency. 
I raised questions about the budget and student outcomes, which seemed mediocre given the district's per-pupil spending, demographics, and relatively low poverty rate compared to the highly disadvantaged urban schools where I'd taught. My pitch was least likely to resonate with parents flooding the school for the evening's activities. How had I never noticed this before? The vote for open school board seats and on a referendum to approve the district's $34 million budget was held on May 16th with every ballot cast in a single polling place, the elementary school. The school district is the community's largest employer. The most self-interested voters, district's administration and staff, needed only to walk a few steps to the school cafeteria to vote their self-interest by passing the budget. The parade of parents whose kids would be most negatively impacted if the budget failed and extracurriculars cut provided the second wave of motivated voters. I didn't stand a chance. For The Wall Street Journal, Fair Advisor Colin Wright and Lior Sapir wrote about Springer, an academic publishing giant that has decided to retract an article that appeared last month in the Archives of Sexual Behavior after receiving blowback from activists. On May 5th, Farron Medicine wrote an open letter in support of Dr. Kenneth Zucker and the need to promote robust scientific debate, which garnered many signatures in support of open inquiry in science and healthcare practice. Together, they write, Anyone familiar with the controversy over transgender medicine knows what is going on. Activists put pressure on Springer to retract an article with conclusions they didn't like, and Springer caved in. We've become accustomed to seeing these capitulations in academia, media, and the corporate world, but it is especially disturbing to see in a respected medical journal. Rather than appreciate the long-term risk to itself and the scientific community from doing the bidding of activists, Springer has instead agreed to evaluate and retract all survey papers that lack the newly required consent. If Springer follows through on its promise, hundreds of authors who chose to publish in Springer's journals may have their research retracted. For her substack, The Second Swim, Iona Italia wrote about the social justice-inflected anti-white racism. She states, But we should not forget that society is also a collection of individuals. The reason why many of us want to challenge structural racism and trace the historical basis of racist attitudes is because we care about human beings as individuals. Our aim is to achieve a society in which every person is accorded equal rights and treated with equal dignity and respect. Many on the social justice left have lost sight of that aim. They can't see the trees for the forest. Instead, they speak and act as if this were a zero-sum game, a power struggle between groups in which one group's gain will be another's loss. In this vision, the formerly dispossessed groups are fighting to overthrow the oppressor group, it's people of color against whites. In her many tweets on white people, Zhang never qualifies her words, never specifies that she means racist white people. This slippage is sinister, and it reflects a much more widespread phenomenon. The problem, we are often told, is white privilege, white fragility, white tears, or even white people, full stop. The common element here is not racism, but whiteness. For the Chronicle of Higher Education, Adrian Liu wrote about why a growing number of colleges around the country have stopped using diversity statements following a lawsuit filed against the University of California system. Liu writes, While private employers are generally allowed to practice viewpoint discrimination, public universities, like other public employers, 
typically cannot discriminate based on political beliefs. A public university can't require its faculty to have certain beliefs, said Brian Leader, a professor of jurisprudence and director of the Center for Law and Human Values at the University of Chicago, who has been a vocal critic of diversity statements. No matter how laudable one thinks the beliefs are, it's not allowed. And that's just true of any public employer. There are very narrow exceptions. Courts have ruled that government can base hiring decisions on political viewpoints only in very limited cases, such as political appointments, Leader added. Please join FAIR on Tuesday, June 20th from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern for a two-part FAIR education series discussion of educational philosophy and how it drives disagreements over contentious issues, such as cultural responsive teaching, social-emotional learning, standardized testing, and how to teach topics like race, sex, gender, and justice. We will explore how differing assumptions about the purpose of schooling lead to holding strong positions on such issues. In session one, we will learn the four basic philosophical positions. In session two, we will explore how they inform the issues. The sessions are designed to help parents better articulate their own educational priorities, while engaging more sympathetically with those whose priorities differ. Register now with the link in the description. Understanding Gender Modification Laws in Missouri. Join Fair in Medicine on Tuesday, June 20th from 11 to 12 p.m. Eastern for a webinar in our ongoing series about the legal actions across the country on medical gender modification for minors with a special focus on Missouri. Panelists will include Bernadette R. Broyles, President and General Counsel of Child and Parental Rights Campaign, and Jamie Reed, whistleblower at the Pediatric Transgender Center at St. Louis Children's Hospital. Hear about the child protective treatment bans, the litigation it has spawned around the country, and Jamie Reed's firsthand experience that has caused her to agree that bans are necessary to protect kids. Register now with the link here in the description. We want the FAIR Substack to be the go-to publication for diverse perspectives on culture and civil rights. Whether you're a seasoned author or an amateur writer with a story that can contribute to our mission of promoting fairness, understanding, and humanity, we would love to receive your stories, opinions, investigations, reviews, interviews, and more. Please send your piece to submissions at fairforall.org. We hope to hear from you. Finally, if you liked this podcast, subscribe, share it with a friend, and leave us a rating and review. Make sure to check out our newsletter and weekly roundup to read more into any of this week's stories, or visit the episode description. Donations are always welcome at fairforall.org donate.